Blog Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. Hey, William, how are you? Um, happy birthday. I'm sorry. A long one. Okay, okay, look. Let's let's just go ahead and get this started. Me and Brett, we were talking tonight, and we said, let's do a show. It's Labor Day weekend. Let's do a show, right, Brett? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of spur of the moment. Like, we're here. I got a little bit of time. I don't usually have a Sunday night, but uh, the house is empty. Uh, my wife is out of town. We don't have the grandkids here, so I'm like, let me call Francie. That's kind of what I did. Yeah, let, let's do a show. I believe we got Shane on, too, which it's Shane. Yeah, that's me here. Mm. Yeah, so you're going to get to meet a very good friend of ours, uh, Brett. Uh, uh, Brett, and uh, give you a little background, Brett and Nick knew each other for how long? Uh, I would say Nick and I have known each other since 1988. I think that's a good uh, ballpark figure. Yeah, I can be Nick specific. Can be I can say like, I would say summer of 1980. Actually, I, I take it back. 1989, 1989. Nick will correct me on that as well. Okay. Well, Shane is Shane's Nick's like little go-to guy now. Shane, you see all those cool Halloween things that we got going on in the backyard and all over the yard? But you've seen those videos, right? Oh, me? Yeah. Of course. Yes. I mean, it did the same Shane thing here as well. My the big, Shane's the big reason why we got all this cool stuff going on for Halloween. Is he here with us now? Yeah. Shane? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's like that really cool pirate scene that uh, is, uh, on display that we post like every year, and everybody takes all these selfies with it. Yeah, Shane built that. I went back oh, there. Nice. I was like, holy crap! That is amazing. So Shane, you're like uh, kind of like the guru of setups for like a Halloween uh, yard kind of situation there. Um. I don't. I wouldn't say that really. I just. Uh, I know Nick and Francie did. Uh, they've been doing that for a long time, and uh, it's really cool how they decorate and it's all free and stuff. So uh, one year I was just like, hey, you know, can you be part of this? Uh, you know, I'd be I'd be willing to be part of this and uh, kind of come over, decorate, bring some stuff, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. So yeah, just since then, kind of been doing it for like the last couple years, three years or so. Yeah, I notice. Uh, I see a lot of the videos that Francie and Nick post uh, online every year, and uh, I'm always uh, amazed at the turnout in the in the neighborhood up there. Holy crap! And I mean, it's also a good marketing yeah. opportunity because Nick's giving away books. 
you know, with black bed sheets. And, and I'm sure we're going to have Nick on here after uh, after a while uh, to talk about all that kind of yeah. stuff. But basically, uh, what we're doing is like an impromptu show. Just as we mentioned earlier, I just called Francine and said, "Hey, you doing a show tonight?" She's like, "No, nah, we're taking the weekend off." I'm like, "Let's do a show." Okay, let's do a show. Yeah, and, and in fact, right <laughs> after I got off the phone with you, uh, Shane and I talked. And I said, hey, we're going to do a show. You want to call in? And he's yep, here. And and yeah. So, yeah, Brett, uh, I, I know that you and Nick are really good friends. And here's a uh, really good friend that we have here in Sacramento. And in fact, that big TV that you might see me with, yeah, okay, Nick's calling in now. Okay, so that big TV, Shane likes, like, you want a TV? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been a really good friend to us. Nice. Very cool. And, well, it's nice to meet you, and, Mr. Shane. Yeah, good to meet you as well. Yeah, and this is the <laughs> first time. That? I just... I just whacked my iPad off the uh, mic stand there. I hope you hope that came through nice and loud and clear. <laughs> okay, we got we do have Nick on. Nick, Nick, Nick's coming in. Oh, hey, oh, Nick. that's me. That is me. Hey, hey, hey there, hi there, hey, oh there. You're as welcome as can be. Yeah, you, you, you hey, know, Nick. I was putting out some. Uh, Halloween stuff uh, just a minute ago, and to uh, inspire me, I put on probably my all-time favorite song about Halloween that I've ever heard in my life, um, and uh, they actually played the entire, like, thing, um, and I've never heard it all the way through in such a way, but, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people know it, um, uh Oh, let's see. Uh, actually, it's uh, uh, maybe this uh, might be familiar to you. Um, as the moon climbs high over the dead oak trees, spooks arrive for the midnight spree. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes start to shriek and harmonize. Grim grim ghosts out to socialize. And I think that's probably because, you know, did. I mean, I grew up across the street from Disneyland, so I've been on the Haunted Mansion ride, like, like I, I want to say millions or thousands, but probably like 70, 80 times, realistically, especially like prom night, where it was just our graduates that, that, that went to Disneyland. We could go on any ride for as many times as we wanted to without any... Lines and but I mean I even had the album as a kid growing up so I mean that song Grim Grinning Ghosts uh, it it um, pretty much sums up Halloween and the fun in Halloween too and in the song it doesn't even talk about like slashing people and killing people it's 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 all like really cheerful and even they say they pretend to terrorize. And, you know, they're just coming out to socialize with you. It's Halloween, so they're coming out of their graves. And all they want to do is just, like, talk and, and stuff. They don't want to scare you necessarily, but that's part of the fun. But your life is not in danger. So I, I like that. That's the whole spirit of Halloween, really, you know. Anyway, I I, 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 I'm off my soapbox now. 
That's okay. Okay, <laughs> it's good to hear from you again, sir. Um, yes, I think, yes, I think indeed. It, it is. It is that time, and and for those of us that celebrate the, you know, the coming of fall and the coming of cooler weather, but the better thing is the the advent of Halloween knocking on our door. And for most of us, it's like summertime, right? <laughs> we start planning things. Um, as as you and, and Francie uh, have at your house, um, I also do a, a thing um, here. I'm in Southern California in Fullerton, and, and in our neighborhood, uh, we do a huge Halloween type of thing. And for me, it starts usually about this time of the year in September. Um, we start planning. I start sketching. I start looking at the yard, how we're going to place things. I I have lighting. I have fog machines. I have animatronics. I've got sounds. I mean, it, it's it's a, an endeavor. Okay, so. This is this is the time of year right here in September, and we're in the middle of a heat wave. It's ridiculous. Okay, right now, oh, right now it's 95, 95 degrees outside here in Fullerton, California. On what is what are we September? <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Uh, but already planning yeah, I mean, for come on, Halloween. It's pumpkin, That's what we do. Spice, it's pumpkin spice weather now. Yeah, I don't really do pumpkin spice. So I just do pumpkins. You don't do pumpkin spice? <laughs> nah, not my thing. No, it's it's a it's a marketing gimmick by you know the Starbucks and what have you, and that's fine. I kind of like good. the smell of it though. I'm not like a candle person really, but I can get in the mood every once in a while to just like I don't know. It would be it's kind of uncharacteristic of me, but every once in a blue moon I go. Yeah, y'all, I came across some incense. Let's just kind of put that up for a or, or what about this spice? Or what about vanilla or coconut? And this time of year, yeah, I do. Uh, but it's not like... Yankee <laughs> candles, pumpkin pie. It's not Yankee like a lot of women I've dated where where they want to do that kind of thing every day and, like, smell up the entire house. And then it's like, oh, yeah, my gosh, no. I, can't, I just want some nature, man. just want some oxygen. Okay, listen, listen Nick. First of all, this is a seasonal thing, so we don't want to overburden ourselves with all year long kind of thing. That's uh, that's the whole point. Now, I oh, do no, no. Have, I kind of, yeah, yeah, I get what I you're do, saying. I, I do and have a studio. One of those things it's that... That's uh, why it's a holiday. Exactly. That's why they call it a holiday. <laughs> but I do have in my studio... It's a, a a little air freshener thing that hangs on the wall and it automatically, you know, you can set a timer on it. I have it set at like I don't know every oh, thirty those. minutes or eighteen minutes, and I I I've always gone for the the uh, air scents that are fall based, like uh, woodsy, musky flavors. I do run that year Leather. round because in my Leather's studio awesome. I'm in my own little cocoon. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, I just see. So you're on. a closet you know fragrance I mean? person. Uh, just in my studio. Just in my studio. Oh, okay. And uh, in your own it's, private it's, space where nobody else can touch but you, and that's where you the choose only people to do that, it. Yeah, the only the only people that come into my studio are are people that are going to be recording things or 
I, I have a lot of people that come and do voiceover work for a project that they're working on and, and that type of thing. Um, that's been actually a big trend over the last, you know, six or eight months, uh, which is why I have all these microphones and everything all over the place. Um, but the smell of the atmosphere is very important. Now, I do have to turn the thing off when I have people over that are doing uh, mic work and stuff like that because it, it does become a little overpowering. And I have to shut all the, the fans off. I have fan, uh, exhaust fans that, uh, listen, I smoke in my studio, and I have an exhaust fan in one window that sucks it all out. Um, you may be able to hear that right now. I'm not really sure in Blog Talk Radio it can pick that up. Um, but basically, I have to shut all that shit down and run air conditioning here uh, through the summertime, which is rough because I got to keep it quiet. I don't have an isolation booth in this room. I haven't built one because I just don't have the funds to do that. But well, if you uh, love to eat eggs, just uh, keep um, <laughs> saving those cartons. I have I have padding on the walls. I've got that done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Back in, dude, back in the eighties. And, and the early 90s, yeah, we went, the egg crates, that was, they're perfect because they deflect sound. Not only do they mute sound, but they also deflect it everywhere. They were perfect and a cheap solution, but I actually I have uh, more of a high-tech, if you want to call rugs hanging from the walls, uh, solution. <laughs> but it does work. It does mute, dampen sound pretty well. But back to what we're talking about, the smells of fall, the smells of autumn. Uh, that I love those. So, yes, I am a closet uh, aroma guy just in my studio. Yes, sir. Oh, we, we, I, I think this is really cool because – You know, you know well, what also is really good for uh, like uh, egg gardens? Like, oh, what? well, hold, hold on, Frenzy. I just got to say this. Uh, oh, what also is good besides egg – cartons if it's not necessarily to muffle your sound but theirs is a couple of pillows and some pressure i'm kidding I a little bit yes sir that would silence anybody and you're right <laughs> that is you would get absolute dead if i may say silence <laughs> it's the sound <laughs> of silence of silence <laughs> Shane, That's what is your favorite scent this time of year? You know, I honestly think that Hello. when I come over, when I come over to your guys' house, there's a certain smell there. Um that really reminds me of Halloween. You know? Um whatever I don't know, I can't say what it is. It's a mixture of like cigarette smoke and uh <laughs> uh I don't know, leaves and all that, but it just it really reminds me of Halloween and decorating because I you know I'm there for like the whole month or a month and a half um, and that's what I smell so I I don't know that's one that reminds me of it. <laughs> well, you know psychologically Nick, that do, makes sense because you your, your earliest experiences of being here for Halloween have that smell so every time you come back it's like oh I get that familiar smell again and it wow, reminds me like of Halloween. Is that they should a total have like Halloween scents that it's like pumpkin spice, cigarette smoke, you know stuff <laughs> like that, candy corn, yeah. weed. You gotta have a little <laughs> bit of everything. What are you 
it's doing a, here, Nick? Well, you asked me to be on. <laughs> <laughs> a potpourri. Uh, you know, the only the only thing you're missing, listen, I have five fog machines that I run out in my front yard. Um, and there are different scents that you can buy that you can pour a couple of drops into the reservoir with the fog juice, okay? Um, I prefer the more pleasant smelling ones because we got a lot of kids that come by. However, I do have a few small bottles of some pretty putrid scents, and I've used them before. What, like roadkill? Like rotting corpses, vomit, um, different. If you're running an indoor type of thing, yeah, they make these. They make these the, flavors. The, the smell of death. Yes, exactly. If you're if you're doing like I don't have the indoor capacity in my house to, you know, run a maze or or have people running through my house and that type of thing. It's all outdoors to do it. However, I have tried oh, some too. of those. Uh, we'll call them scents <laughs> that smell pretty putrid, um, just on test. Uh, but I knew that it wouldn't be good for what we do for a family type of, of error. However, uh, a lot of things that we have done in the past have been uh, pretty uh, terrifying, but not to the point. We just don't have the capacity to run an indoor maze because if we did, I'd have uh, some terrifying shit with plenty of warning signs and disclaimers that needed to be signed. I wish I could do that type of thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome. you know, I would have, even the we're even probably going to have our biggest year no. this year, too, but we're uh, we're never going to have to go through all that with people having to sign stuff. And I mean, yeah, uh, literally too. I mean, there's places the that do. Hey, uh, it's incredible. I, we're not we're not like that, right uh, now? you know. Can What's I that? play a little clip, uh, clip right now? Um, a little clip. Brett, this has to deal with you, and we're talking about Halloween. Who's the queen of Halloween when it comes down uh, to the think... queen of horror? Who's the queen of horror? Cassandra queen Peterson. Queen of horror? Of Cassandra Who Peterson. Would... Oh? Elvira, come on, let's go. I can't really think of. She's like more of a. Elvira is more right. of like a presenter of horror. Um, I can't think of a like a queen of. I can't even think of a like a top king, but I can. I could get more closer to a king queen. of horror than a queen. queen. A queen. Yeah. So Shane, you know who Elvira is, right? Right. Okay, we actually had her on the sh- on the show. We got yes, to interview and that was great. She drank. She was drunk on the show, kind of. As the show progressed, <laughs> yes. you could tell, and she kept she talking about said, it oh too. Gosh, that was like really I, funny. And here we are. We have Elvira on the show, and she's saying, "Hey, this is great. This is like sitting on a couch and here, toast." To you guys, cheers. Yeah, she even said during the interview, she's like, Oh my gosh, I've drank so much schnapps. It's like, I stayed sober for this show. 
But there was really a very cool segment that came out of that show. And, Brett, that was you, and that was the first time you were on the show. Well, it wasn't the very first time, first time, but it was one time. Before before you invited me to become a, a, a regular part of the show, so we're talking, I don't know, over 10 years ago, we had Cassandra Peterson on, and I – I got to tell you, listen, I'm going to preface the, whatever clip you're going to play because any clip that you have is going to be great because it was me. I'm just kidding. I really, really enjoyed talking with Cassandra because I went in-depth with her career and especially the first movie that she did. Um, I asked her all kinds of questions. And uh, I, I think clip, though, you went in-depth of her boobs. <laughs> Yeah, well, you must have more than one ready to go because uh, there were plenty. But go ahead. Let's go for it. All right, let's play. Shane, you ready did, for did this? Did you just say that she must have a hundred of them? Yeah. Oh, never mind. I, I kind of like it was half hearing. Okay, Francie, you can play this. <laughs> All right, Shane, are you ready for this? This is This ready. is a great moment. All right, here we go have loved you since I was uh, 11, 12 years old. My grandfather used to watch your show every Friday night, and he'd say, boy, that's a lot of ketchup there, Brett. A lot of ketchup, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of ketchup. (laughs) Now this is sad. Grandpas are liking me. Damn. I said when you said I love it. Yeah, my grandpa back in 1981. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Now uh, that, that feels better. I thought, I, you know, I'm always signing autographs to people who always say, oh, my God, i got to get a picture of you for my dad. And I'm like, okay, when, when people start saying, oh, my God, i got to get a picture of you for my grandpa, then I'm retiring. I am wearing this uh, regimental style, yes. And I tell you, nice. the kilt has caused many, many... Yeah, the the, the next clip was when Roddy Piper like stood us up. God, I remember back when we were trying to get Roddy Piper on for a long time, and then and then he passed away. That was a show that you were working on for a long time, but that Avira clip, a very yeah, very I mean, long time, very yeah. yeah. I I I always kind of looked at it, man. If because I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Roddy Piper was my hero growing up. I mean, the guy came from nothing. He was homeless. He lived on the streets. He made himself an icon. If you looked at Roddy Piper's story, dude, he was amazing. He came from nothing. Yeah. And then, my, you know. My watch has got a whole bunch of, okay, I'm still here. Yeah, Roddy Piper, he was homeless. He he lived on in a Yugo with his dog and to interview Rowdy Roddy Piper, yeah, that was that was a dream of mine. I know two of his favorite pastimes. Uh, uh chewing bubble yeah. gum and kicking ass. I come yeah. oh, I'm here and to I chew bubblegum and, and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they got a Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, soda, bubble gum soda. You know that line. 
that bubblegum line was actually improvised by uh, Rod. When they filmed it, they didn't really have anything scripted for it, and he walked in uh, with the shotgun, and he improvised that. And it just became a legendary, you know, always repeated, everybody wants to say that kind of line. It's With a lot of movies, there are improv scenes that take place that end up being iconic, and that was one of them. That was definitely one of them. There's there's a lot of people. I come here to chew bubblegum. Remember, do, do you remember when Roddy Piper stood us up saying, you got to hear this? And I went to work yeah. at the day of, and I'm like, I got Roddy Piper. And they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, Dude, I we do. So Why are you saying I don't have Roddy Piper? I got Roddy Piper. And they're like, no, we you don't. Waiting. He's we... doing oh my gosh. 3D day lived video shoot. Even David Madison called me a couple of hours beforehand, and he's like, you don't know. It wasn't a video Piper. shoot. It like, was a special um special showing and he was with John Carpenter David Madison uh, got me in touch with the real Roddy Piper's manor journeys and David Madison's like you don't have Roddy Piper and I'm like yes I do this guy promised me and he's like no he's doing a special screening of they live he called this guy and I'm, like, calling this guy, and he's, like, of Roddy's in, like, I was, like, can he just say hello? We're Block Talk Radio's number one pick of the day. So we had, it, it, yeah, you were, you were, you were there, but we had to improvise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Hey, I, I got a little something for you. Let's see if this comes through uh, halfway decently. Right. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right. Let's see if this is working. Hamsters. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, oh uh, okay. uh, before you do that, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. I mean, actually in the pool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I need to do something here real quick, so no. give me... Give me just a second. I didn't have everything set up like I thought I had through my machine, but it's I, okay. So, Shane, uh, do you, do you want to see how you compromise on the fact that you think you got Robbie Roddy Piper on your show? You're the number one on Block Talk Radio. How you compromise and tell everybody that you don't have Rowdy Roddy Piper on your show? Oh, man. It was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you get somebody uh, to replace them that's very funny. Uh, it's what do we do? Funny. <laughs> yes, yes. This, this is uh this, first of all, this is uh this is Spanky Brown. And uh, <laughs> Spanky Brown There he is, Where Spanky is Brown. <laughs> yeah, let me tell y'all, this is some bullshit right here. I want y'all to know. <laughs> I want y'all <laughs> I went out. I went out. I went out to Marshall today and bought a kilt. I bought a damn kilt. Oh, yeah. Some of black Are you wearing it? And please, if you are wearing it, please tell us you're going commando too. 
I am, I know, if you're black, but we don't do the commando thing too often, but listen. They don't make kids long enough for that, Ron. That's right. That's right. A black you tell man him. does not go commando. Let alone oh, wear a fucking, let alone wear a freaking kilt. But look, Amos, Amos, six black folk in the world's got a kilt on. I'm one of them right now, because I'm sitting with my kilt on. I got a I got a kilt with I, I got a kilt with spinners on it right now, and I thought that you guys through and have freaking Rowdy Roddy Piper on, but I'm ready for some Rowdy Roddiness, and I get I stay up late. I'm skipping the Matlock Marathon on Ivy Television right now to be here with y'all ass, and I can't believe this shit. I got my I got my copy of They Live on my lap. That is just a great movie. <laughs> and I cannot believe that you guys have not come through with the interview. I, you know, I really am disappointed because I was all set Fancy. and ready. Yeah, dude. but remember, Spanky, Spanky Brown, dude. always came through for us. That, that, yeah, I remember I was there. Into that. But people understood, though, but that, that other manager, he, he was a scam. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. he was saying that he was his yeah, manager. The, it turned out that he was uh, somebody that... from the old I... days that was uh, you know, that just was like parading around and scamming people with being yeah, he other people. Yeah, he just wanted to managers. be on our show. Yeah, he uh, just wanted listen, to man. be on our show, and David Lee Madison's like that's not his manager. I know his manager. Call him. And Roddy, I guess uh, when we were trying to do the show, Roddy actually said, please say that asshole's not here. Hey, I got something. You ready? Here we go. All right. Give it just a minute. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. There you go. <laughs> Yay. I, I, I love Roddy Piper. That is a little finagling on the machine. So, so Shane, we were supposed to interview Roddy Piper. We were told I had to do another interview before I can get Roddy Piper. And this guy's like, I'm Roddy Piper's manager. And so we did a show for him. Turns out he was not Roddy Piper's manager. No. Well, it, you know so, what? It reminds me of the time. It reminds me of the time, and we had Marla Gibbs on. You remember Marla Gibbs? Oh my God! <laughs> okay, we could tell you some stories. That right. was this probably is, the biggest blooper question in history. How old do you well, think if, I am? Here's the thing: if we're doing a retrospectacle on Francie and Friends here, I would like to. I submit to you. 
our interview with Marla Gibbs. Okay, for those of you that may not know the listeners, you know, Marla Gibbs played the housekeeper on the Jeffersons and she was sassy and she was, uh, you know, her lines were great. Like it was like a classic character, right? So we had her on one night. Francie hooked it up, talked with her. I, I think you talked with her manager, or, you know, you got in touch with her people. So we had her on the show and it was great. So we were, <laughs> here's the thing we were doing. Never trust the internet because that interview went south real quick. What we were doing was we were we were gleaning information from IMDb, okay, on her career, and right. So you remember this, Francie, of course. All of a sudden, she found out. Really quick. What? Not only that, but but her her acting credits and and all the information on IMDb was completely erroneous and incorrect. So we, here's the funny thing, we ended up having a show where we had to keep apologizing to her and, and saying, wow, we're, this is where we're gleaning our information. And and uh, and she was like, man, I don't even know who who's running things as far as, you know, what I've done and, and who's putting the information out there. And, uh, it went horribly wrong very quickly, but, but, you know, she was a trooper, and she stayed with us, and we were able to get away from that he for a minute. He did stay with yeah, us. And, in fact, she, I, I did talk to her because I had her phone number in my old phone, and right. she did want to do another show. And she did. Actually, she came back. And she apologized to us, and she said that she found out all of this technical information and, what, and how these informations were being put together, and she had it taken care of. So what we ended up doing was doing her a favor because we made her aware of all this erroneous information, and she went out and made sure that her people corrected it. And that was very cool, man. So that, that was like a – that was. That, that was, that cool was funny, though. It's like, uh, so you got married when you were 14? She's like, what? <laughs> what? Where How old do you think I am? I'm like, she was I, don't, I don't know. That's what you're, I, what the hell is my IMBD? She didn't know, it, oh, man, it, did she figure that shit out quickly after the show? Uh, she went and yeah, started and figuring stuff out. Hey, Jefferson. Thanks. I tell yeah, you one yeah. thing though. It's a she's a charlatan. She is not related to Thomas Jefferson at all, or maybe she is. <laughs> and the, the Jeffersons. How many? How many generations? Has do you a different figure? last name. Yeah, we we yeah, actually had. Hey, Brett, there's somebody I know that you know, and I know. There's a song. There's a song actually. Hey, Marla, I know you're not related to Thomas Jefferson. Hey, Marla Gibbs, the Jeffersons have nothing to do with you. <laughs> And the origin of a country. 
Hello. Is it wrong or something? Or, or, oh, no, Jefferson's was a TV show. Hey, this is you know, the Jefferson's was together. Of, of, of um, um, uh, the Archie Bunker, uh, all in the family. That's where Jefferson's originated uh-huh. from, yeah. Ah, uh, they differently. Yeah, um, uh, George Jefferson class. was uh, the neighbor. He was the neighbor. And he moved on up. That's why he moved on up. He moved to moving the east side. Yep, to the east side. Yep. Yep. And whatever happened to Meathead, let me tell you who that guy is. Uh, We won't get into politics on the show. We're not doing politics. We're not going there. We're not going there. Anyway, Meathead. That guy's a – he's still a Meathead. Yep. What's up? Okay, here's a voice. I I know it's going to break your heart. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I already know. Voice is going to break your heart. Yeah. You're going to break our hearts? Yeah, I once got to kiss Linnea Quigley on screen. I got a question. We got an answer. Well, is, it, is Red Snapper a fish or a turtle? It's a vegetable. Is it? I First I thought it was a turtle, then a fish. Finally, it's a vegetable. Yes, yes, it's a very nice vegetable. Gotta eat it fresh. Wow. Oh, yes. To the bottom of the ocean, though, you gotta go diving, and you gotta oh. grab it with your hands, and then you come oh, up. Oh well. <laughs> you gotta be careful because these are the kind of vegetables the sharks like to eat. Ooh. So if you got that kind of vegetable in your hand, a shark might come mm-hmm. and get you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and yet another great sound clip for. The John Link fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a very important question for John because the last time that we were on the air with John, the last thing that we heard John say was that he was going to stab his brother. Well, we won and we won women the right to control their own bodies. Uh, yeah, that was the retard. The retard didn't bother me. I'll stab you! I'll stab you! Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I was told not to play that. I'll stab you again. Um. Because it was real. His brother was, like, really antagonizing him, and he, like, yeah. broke out of the show and just said, I'll stab you. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to hit the pause button. Yeah, Man, that was live on the air. That was, yeah, that was that was while we were live on the air, and and he was arguing with his asshole brother, and uh, I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> yeah, David Madison was on the show, and uh, Craig Spector, who's Shane. That was Craig Spector. Are you there, Shane? I don't think we have Shane anymore. Okay, but we yeah, I mean, we okay. got Craig Specker, we got David Lee Madison. Who else? Who else? And his brother. And it's it it is a great moment. And the whole thing about the snapper 
is I'm trying to get on the phone with Courtney Gaines and Giovanni from Hell's Kitchen Season 4, and him are talking, and he wants to know about Red Snapper. I have no idea that any of that was going on, and I, I clicked over. But what was really bad the next day I found out that David Lee Madison had Sir Christopher Lee no waiting shit. to take the call. We could have had Sir Christopher Lee on the show that night. Oh, David man. Madison had Sir Christopher Lee on hold. I'm looking for a clip, so give me just a second. Um, I have so much crap on my computer, but I'm looking for a John clip, a John clip, a John Link clip on my computer. So give me just a second and uh, fill up the airwaves, Mr. John Link. Wait, Man, we, we did do a lot together on this show. Yeah, I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for a particular clip. It's going to take me a little while. All right. All right. Well, are you looking for that one? You only play something else that. Here we uh, go. What would that be? Sue fucking Dent? <laughs> hey, Francie, you know who else is here? Sue. Sue fucking Dent. Sue Dent. Oh, yeah. You want to ever say hello? <laughs> I gotta find her first. Yeah, she must have stepped out for a minute. But Sue fucking Dent is here tonight. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? We have Sue fucking Dent is on tonight. We have Sue fucking Dent tonight. If she ever comes on, is she on? Yeah, she's here. She's too busy talking in the chat room. I'm telling, I'm telling. What, what would that be? Sue fucking dent? <laughs> Your foul one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sue, Sue fucking dent. Wow. Sue fucking dent, man. We got two fucking den here. She ever picks up the phone. You're a foul one, Mr. Grinch. We don't have dead air, do we? I am coming. We do have. What's going on? I don't know. I think you were going to play a clip. I'm still looking for it. You want me to play another clip? Yeah, please. Okay. 
Uh, okay. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, hold on a second. I think I might have a special, special person to talk to. Um, just, just a second. Da-da-da-da-da. He's, uh, uh, this, this guy is filming this one woman's tattoos on her belly, and she's, she's, She's unzipping her jeans right now, so he can get a better view. And oh yeah. Uh, I just want naked Hold on, hold on. I I think uh, I'm I'm getting closer. Got uh, uh, somebody that might want to talk to you. Hold on just a second. Uh, hold on just a second. Hello. Yeah, this is Jake Busey. Hey, how are you this evening? I am doing fantastic. I am such a huge fan of you and your father. In fact, when I first started this show, I was like, I got to get, I got to get you guys on. And here you are. Really? Wow, that's awesome that you are a huge fan. Thank you. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. So, uh, so uh, are, are we on the air right now? What are you doing? What are you, what's what's going on? We are live and on the air right now. Oh, well, that's just too cool. Um, we're we're over here at the Wyndham Hotel, just wrapping up a uh, a great Saturday here at the Horrifying, and there's a great uh great group of people, great bunch of people. I tried to say the word all at once, which would have been grunge, and that wouldn't have been good. But there's a great group of people, uh, a lively bunch, and uh, um, the show has been going fantastic. There's lots of exhibitors, uh, every kind of aspect from, of horror movies. From uh, I mean, I'm looking at a guy right now who looks like he just came out of... Uh, Hellraiser, and then over here to my right is uh, Freddy Krueger, and then I'm looking at Jason from Friday the 13th across from me. It's quite, a, quite an interesting, uh, eclectic group of folks, and uh, so, you know, we're just kind of winding down the evening, and uh, tomorrow's going to be a big day. Sunday's going to be a, another big day, being that it's the Labor Day weekend, so looking forward to, uh, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50,000 people showing up tomorrow. Uh, I think the phone's cutting out. What'd you say? That's a lot of money to be made. Oh, a lot of money to be made? To be made? Yeah, uh, well, I would imagine. Um, you know, but it's uh, a press economy. Not a lot of people have a lot of money, so um, it really comes down to uh, people coming out to meet their favorite actors and uh, perhaps buy some products from movies that are... Uh, special to them that they've been saving up for, and, uh, you know, um, it's more about meeting and greeting and knowing each other, and uh, perhaps having a photo taken with your favorite actor, or uh, getting that set of vampire teeth you always wanted. It's, uh, it's, it's a good thing. Now, now, let me ask you this. Um, Nick walk away right now with an autograph from you to me? 
Never gave um, me the autograph. I'm sorry, but I'm on a tiny cell phone that was handed to me by your associate. Did you? Uh, <laughs> could you repeat the question? Yes. Uh, I was wondering if you could give Nick an autograph. Doing your dad, um, could you guys give me an autograph? Yeah, I could give him an autograph. Absolutely. And then uh, you guys, like, he can bring it to you. Yeah, I could bring it to you. Yeah, you know, the going rate of these shows for the autographs, you know, everyone has uh, a fixed cost, so uh, there's no arguments, and there's uh, no one is uh, given any favors or slighted, or uh, no one feels bad walking away like they got a worse deal than the other person. I mean, there's pretty much just a set rate price of what autographs cost and all that stuff, you know, for the general fans. But absolutely, I'll give an autograph, you know, to Nick for sure, uh, for you guys, and I uh, appreciate talking to you, it's been great, and I can't wait till uh, you can have my band Sons of the Wallace on the air when we drop our record uh, close to Halloween, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to book you for a show before your album comes, comes on. Yeah, well, we would, love to do, we would love to do a tour of the East Coast, we're just, uh, we need to find a promoter on the East Coast who's got uh, a good lineup for us to do a, a tour with a few different bookings uh, within, you know, the amount of time, like, you know, a couple of weeks up and down the East Coast, and uh, that would be a great way to launch our new record. So we're, uh, we're very excited about the possibilities of doing that, and the record sounded great. We're about halfway done with it, working at the Village Recording Studio right now in L.A., and... Uh, it's coming along fantastic. So, uh, Sons of Wallace, look out for us. That's awesome. That is such great news. In fact, I got somebody right here, Jake, and I know you got to run soon, uh, that would like to say hi, and she's actually a fan of yours also. Oh, oh well, awesome. Ah. Hey, I found the clip I was looking for. Hello. Welly. Now I hear some I hear some stirring there. Welly well. <laughs> welly welly. <laughs> that that uh, that interview was because of me at the uh <coughs> Gettysburg uh Pennsylvania uh World Horror Convention. That was really oh, groovy. Okay. But uh Can you man, hear me yeah, now? that was the convention that I uh I had a um hotel party. Pretty swinging hotel party. And uh, actually, Brian King, King, the great Brian King, um, uh, sponsored uh, our big uh, meet and greet there. But uh, that, uh, with Jake Busey, uh, I got uh, D. Wallace Stone uh, um, just before or after that, uh, just passing the phone around and stuff. But uh, they had no idea who I was, and they were, like, all going. Uh, but it was great to have them on the show. Uh, yeah, that, actually, that, with Jake, you see, that was longer than I remember. That was uh, the night where it was super condensed. Yeah. I remember. I, I remember that night because uh, we were doing the show, and you put Jake Busey on. And, of course, everybody knows who Jake Busey is. But I, I was still new to the whole you know, thing that we were doing, right? This is when Francie first started having me on the show as a co-host. And I remember ac- asking Jake Busey 
what it was like growing up with his father. And there was so much. He was like, yeah, it was good, man. I mean, my father's a great guy and stuff like that. I was referring to, like, how crazy Gary is. Like Gary Busey's like we all know he's at like a nutball and everything. I do remember but that. I was like, ah! that was like that was like a no no question. But I was like green behind the gills on you know doing this type of thing. And and uh, I will tell you, Jake Busey was very cool about it. Uh, he took it in stride because I'm pretty sure uh, he gets that type of thing yeah. all the time. But I do I do remember Francie. Everything got really really quiet, and then. And then he answered the question, and I think I didn't even talk for the rest of the whole show after that. <laughs> yeah, and he was, he was cool. He's like, I love you, and I love Gary. He's like, well, I'm kind of more into Duran Duran. And I'm like, the abuse right. Yeah, exactly, dude. He was like, dude, like, my was dad was cool. Don't worry about it. Don't ask you see. Hey. Hey, listen, I found a clip I was looking for. It's a John Link-related clip. And, again, this was when I was first on your show, so we're going back, you know, 10 years or whatever. But I remember um, we were supposed to have John Link on, and he did, it was a no-show kind of situation. So uh, we were closing the show out. And uh, that's all the explanation I think I need to give. So let me play the clip, okay? All right, here we go. All right, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, we don't have John Link. This is the South John Link style. No, we don't. So, wow, so how do we send off the show without John Link? I don't know. we got to figure this out. How good are you at doing John Link, Brett? Do you want me to do the John Link? I can do a John Link. You can do it. All right. All right. It's Francine Friends. End of the show. Well, it's Play a tune to take us out. <laughs> you did pretty good. Yeah, he does these impersonations. I swear, you would think of it as the real people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? I think William tried. I think William tried to call in. William, call back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, William. William. I think William just. Hold in. I'm gonna tell him to call back. Maybe not. I don't know. I gotta it's tell you, man. Uh, call back in. It's so hot here in Southern California. Like, it's 91 degrees outside on the back porch. 89 degrees in my studio, and I'm wearing studio headphones, so my ears are sweating blood. Right now, it's so fucking hot here. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's oh. freaking hot. It's hot. Yeah, How hot is it up there where you guys are at? All right. Echo, what's the weather tonight? It's amazing. The Angelo, if you look for clear skies, the temperature is around 72 degrees Fahrenheit. By the way, there's an excessive heat warning in effect until Thursday, September 8th, 8 p.m. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's got to be 90-something. What'd she say? Seventy-two degrees? Fuck that! I'm sorry. Bad language, dude. Oh come on! It's it's Francie and friends. Come on, we say fucking dent. Yeah, we do, but that's out of respect for Sue fucking dent. 
Speaking of which, how's she and doing? What to have respect. I mean, it's, it's too fucking dense. Maybe we can get an update from Nick. I'm not sure if there is much of an update, but uh, perhaps Nick yeah, can provide. Nick, what's, what's going on with too fucking dense? Oh, wait, we got William. We love, we love Sudan. There's, yeah, we do love Sudan. fucking dense. Hey, William. Hey. Ooh, hey, we got a yeah, voice. It was a last-minute decision. It was a, it was yeah, all no, his no idea. <laughs> no, oh, sorry, well. we're glad you're here. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It was, it was the last few minutes. <laughs> so. We're we're it, doing it a impress. Yeah, we're doing an impromptu kind of last minute. Uh, I called Francie. Hey, you doing a show tonight? She's like, No, we're not. Now we are. Ah, okay. What are those? That's literally how it happened. I said, No, William and I, Tom's wife's not doing good. We decided to uh, take Labor Day weekend off, and he's like, Do a show, and I'm like, Okay, we're gonna do a show. You know, y- y'all can call me asshole if you want. It's totally cool. I get it. It's all good, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's right. It's self-explanatory. See, <laughs> I had the night off. Okay, I got I got no grandkids in the house this weekend. It's pretty awesome. Are you guys thought, live? You know, Are you yeah, live? Yeah. Well, yeah. So who's who's all here? I was just like uh, doing some garbage stuff and. Outdoor stuff. So, Brett, and is, is that William? Yep. Yes. Hi, Dick. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I thought so. Oh, wow. Oh, you missed a lot. I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I just got home, and all of a sudden I'm looking, and I'm like, wait a minute. There's a show link? Francie said we were off. Yeah. As soon as I made yeah. the show page, William, I, I, I sent you the link. Introduction, when I called in, I, I was like um, listening to my favorite Halloween song ever uh, while taking out Halloween stuff, getting ready, because, you know, it is uh-huh. time. And, and uh, yeah. it was like I was trying to do it just right, because I think I can have a little voice if I do. When the wind blows high in the willow trees, creepy creeps in the midnight spree. You know, uh, you know. Grim grinning ghosts out to socialize. I actually I wanna try to rig the Halloween setup this year so that different sections constantly play that song like Disney's Haunted Mansion. And then when you go to other places it's not like, you know, you don't it doesn't drive you crazy. But there's other stuff too. But I want that incorporated this year, so that people feel like it's the haunted mansion. Go for it. Um, hey, yeah, I have, that's a um, I have a request. Hey. I would like to be introduced to this William because I don't believe we've ever met, sir. Oh, he doesn't exist. Oh, that was uh, a figment of He's a fabrication. Imagine. We created him. We created him. We infused him with a a unique knowledge of history, and he is our Uh, creation. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Indeed. Can we get serious and say, hey, 
William. I'm Brett. Yes. And uh, host host of uh, Baldhead Radio, and uh, I sometimes filter over this way and hang out with Francie and Nick. And uh, who are you? Well, I, I'm a uh, author and uh, Titanic historian in South Florida, and uh, also one of the co-hosts on uh, Francie and Brett. Titanic. Ooh, you write books on that thing. Um, so you're a knowledgeable person. On oh, you know, before uh, you continue, Brett. Uh, also, William, Brett has been a very good friend of mine since like the when the early eighties. Nineteen eighty nine, sir. Nineteen late nineteen. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. After yeah. high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's seen I me knew, at I knew, my worst. I knew. I knew Nick just after his bubble thumping, bu- Bible thumping period, and right into his authorship period, the beginning. I was around at the beginning, starting yeah. with Prey Serpent Spray, which I still have an autographed copy of. The original paperback print is in my bookshelf, sir. So that's my yeah. history. Groovy ghoulies. Mm, very much. So. Actually, Brett, too. Uh, uh, just on a side note, um, I've been going through um, some of my old uh, VHS videos and things, and uh, there's a couple of things with us in it that I think I'm just going to throw up on YouTube. Ooh, dude, that would be awesome, man! Hey, it's from but, back in the uh, day. By the way, William, he did uh, ask uh, Miss Elvira about her boobs. That's a lot of I got a cool you know what? I'm I'm actually gonna go through I'm gonna go through my archives and I'm gonna cut up that show because I think I kinda took it over for about thirty minutes or so. And it was before I even knew what I was doing. Oh William, do you wanna we hear about, do you wanna hear this is Brett talking? <laughs> Uh, oh. That's a lot of tips going on there. That's a lot of tips. Uh, yeah. William, are you there? I sure am. Yeah. Okay. You want Wait you want to, you want to hear this clip? Yeah. 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 Okay, okay, yeah, it, it it was probably one of the best questions ever asked on the show that year, and I'm just like... Francis, you should have a whole show full of clips. You could call it Clip Notes. Ah, <laughs> we should talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, okay. You guys want to hear a funny clip about uh, an MMA fighter who farts in the ring? I thought we were doing well, we, one of Brett's uh, Elvira oh, okay, interview. Okay, questions. okay, Elvira. Yeah, we, 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 okay, we, okay. we did the farting one a few times. All right, okay, we'll play the one. We're Okay, hold on. Let's find it. I did find that how an MMA talks about, MMA fighter talks about farting. Oh, William and Brett, though, you guys got to get, get together and swap notes on Facebook, though, because you, you got to catch up. Catch up. 
Well, oh, I like that right. on a burger. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so. Come on, this this is really funny when an Work MMA fighter farts in the ring. Did anybody just hear my chair squeak? No. no I, thought that was, I thought that was a fart. You know what? <laughs> no, that was, that was my funny. chair. I, I, I got to ask you one. I got to ask you one ball busted question. Do you guys ever fart in the ring? Let 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 a little red biscuit come out or anything? Uh, I farted a couple times. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Is that what you're talking about? Fart? I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, listen. I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a funny one. I fought at. Uh, it was one event that I fought. At. It was actually a pretty big event. It was at the Foxwood Casino. I don't know if you. I know. I'm sure everyone's heard of Foxwood yeah. Casino in Connecticut. And um, I fought there. Yeah, and um, I had a stomach virus that weekend. So, Uh dude, I mean, I'm like running back and forth to the bathroom, back and forth to the bathroom, back. I'm I'm literally. And the thing about it is, in Connecticut, their their commission is strict. So, I mean, they Uh took my urine. You know, every time I went to the bathroom, they had two commissioners with me outside of the toilet, making sure I'm not using any drugs or doing anything wrong. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shitting my ass off, farting away in the bathroom with two commissioners outside listening to everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, think, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I hope this goes away because I could just think of me being outside fighting. I get punched or kicked in the stomach and I shit all over myself. I mean, that would, I, you know, that would be it for me. I would retire. I would probably disappear from the face of the planet. Something like that would happen. Yep. Yeah, that was for me. He has a stomach flu and he still had to fight. No shit all over himself. Right. He yeah, did. So what happened to Elvira? That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking William at just watched Elvira. No, no guy. Uh, just uh, the, the girl with the hundred boobs. Yeah, yeah exactly. everybody wants yeah. Elvira. That was. You know what was really cool about having Elvira on the show is. I'm going to all these young guys, and I'm like, hey, I got Elvira on the show. They're like, can I be your boom mic? <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know uh, everybody, you know everybody uh, who's listening right now, I, I took choir in high school, and they made us sing many songs that we didn't really necessarily want to sing. Uh, that said, it was an education, and I remember every song they made us sing, and it actually, I guess, made me a better person, or at least more uh, uh, musically um, diversive, or not diversive, um, you know, uh, it broadened my horizons, and uh, but uh, back in the day, and especially when they had to have, when they made us, Mr. McFall was our choir teacher uh, at conventions and things where a lot of people would like hear us sing uh, one of the songs was Elvira my heart's on fire and and I was uh, one of the bass uh, people uh, or no no I was a tenor but we all had to do the whole oom papa oom papa oom papa mow mow and that song I thought that was about Cassandra Peterson <laughs> You I thought, thought it was, it was I thought somebody uh, like a country music band 
back in high school, I thought a country music band made a song about the lady that hosts the or thing. <laughs> I didn't know didn't. that it was. I've loved you since it had I was, nothing to do with uh, it. 11, 12 years old. My didn't that, didn't that make you think with that much every more Every Friday night. And you say, boy, that's a lot of ketchup there, Brett. A lot of ketchup, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ketchup. <laughs> 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 no, um, this is sad. Geez. Grandpas are liking me. Damn. I said when you said I love it. Like, that was like, my grandpa back in 1981. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Now uh, that, that feels better. I thought, I, you know, I'm always signing autographs to people who always say, oh, my God, i got to get a picture of you for my dad. And I'm like, okay, when, when people start saying, oh, my God, i got to get a picture of you for my grandpa, then I'm retiring. I am wearing this uh, regimental style, yes. <laughs> and I tell you, the kilt has so, yes. By the way, Francie, I just want to say Connor real quick that 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 uh, that clip, the there's a little uh, tail end of that clip that was a, from a different thing. I can hear Ron Fitzgerald's laugh in that clip. Oh, oh, yeah. oh that's a little, <laughs> little um. I, you know why? Because uh, because Ron and I oh, uh, keep in contact and stuff. And uh, actually, he did my show, Baldhead Radio, back in March. I think it was February or March I had him on, on Baldhead Radio, and uh, we had a great time. But, but you know, Ron, Ron's laugh is unmistakable. And I didn't hear it before until you just played that clip again. And that tail end clip was – it was a different thing. But I heard – that laughter, and I'm like, that's fucking Ron. Yeah, yeah, Ron I, was I a big fan of the show for I the longest time. Ron. Yeah, he was a co-host, and and you you had a lot of co-hosts, Francie. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of big names co-hosts. Yeah. And I got William now. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of yeah, you've got William and Tom Sawyer, who's not on tonight. But uh, you know, he'll be on again. not, but it, there's yeah, a reason yeah. for it. I don't think we should discuss it. But William's here. I sure yes, am. Yes, he is. Yes, he is, and Brett's here, and too. William, I oh, got, hey, I say Brett. You, uh, hey, hey, say, uh, hey, say Brett. The show with my um, watch is not cool. Yeah, one of those videos. Um, were yeah. you? Okay. Um, just from memory, um, were you at, at the Alpine Motel? Did you do that video with? Uh, of course. Of okay, course. I, I figured that. You have were you that? at you have that, that. Uh, New Year's Eve like little get together thing yes. with Danny Chacon and Kyle? Maybe Kyle. you weren't there. I know at the uh, when I was at the Simpsons, you, you were there. Um, I was Kyle living there. Passing. William, but Kyle, yeah, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Pamson was. Um, he, here's here's the funny thing, Nick, and I don't know if you remember this, but I used to hang out with a guy named Jeff McMickle, and Jeff McMickle knew Scott Trepp, and he knew Kyle Pamson, and he knew Mel from down in San Diego, and all of us used to hang out, and I met you through. Pat Simpson, who also used to hang out with us 
Um, we uh, were yeah, like yeah, different. No, we meant. Yeah, we we were like different circles, but uh, but our circles intersected, and that's how we ended up finding each other. Um, so I don't know if if, if Jeff and Mickle ever was a part of your circle, but uh, he was a big part of mine back through high school and and after high school. But um, I met Scott Trapp. And and Kyle Pampson through Jeff and Mickel, and then I ended up meeting you through Patrick. And uh, it, it, it but was. But you knew me when I lived in the back room that used to be a preschool at at you know Suki's, uh, Pat Simpson's yeah. place. Yeah, when yeah, I. had like a little. Uh, she extended the house to make an yeah, um, illegal preschool. Uh, and yeah. and then when that didn't work, <laughs> she rented it out to me. And so it was so remember. big that I created a kitchen, and I um, I put everything. like um, drapes to make a living room yep. and a bedroom, and my office. Yeah, and that was when I got up. accepted for Halloween four, and I typed Halloween four in the office part of it, and right. uh, there's uh, stuff. And that that was the day when we first met. That's yeah, the time period. Exactly. Let us not forget, because I will, I've been to that, well, you and I were at that room when you came down here, I don't know, it was like 12, 12 years ago or something like that. Oh, when and I, actually yeah, spent, after, way after that. spent the night with, with my wife and I when, back when we had the condo. Um, not, I mean, not, but, you know, I, I, we had separate places to sleep uh, for those who are listening. <laughs> yeah, I slept cool. with my wife. It wasn't in my like bedroom, that, you know. And Nick slept on my couch, and he we was so know. heartbroken. We don't know. Right? I mean, hey, listen, man. I, I can't. Let's be straightforward. My point being that back then, in 1989, that room was set up so cool because you did have that kitchen area, and then you had that hangout right inside of the sliding glass door, and then and I had a piano. Back, yeah, the back. I was just gonna say, back in the corner, you had that upright piano that you rented, and we, I, I've shared with you, I've digitized the audio recording that I made back in 1989, and I sent it to you of us playing the piano of different songs. I believe I played the Portrait by the Damned on that piano, and then you play Jeremy's song on that piano. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. Oh, you know, I remember it in my head, but I can't play it. And and uh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy's song. And and it's so cold at night, but it's warm when I know my daddy's near. But there's an empty yep. place. I wonder why daddy's never here. I don't think he died. I want my mommy tried to tell me, but I don't understand. Why mommy doesn't love my daddy no more. Yeah, I remember it just like when I wrote it. Wow. I I might have been a little off key, but yeah. If I can get if I can get that I can relearn it on the piano that I have now. Wow. I was just saying that I I I wrote like hundreds of songs back in the day, but I I man, you know, that brings it back. Nick, I still have the audio recording that I digitized, if you want it. 
Oh, that happy. And then, yeah, that, yeah, that sure. Was, uh, yeah, good. Bring it. Bring it that on. Was bring it on. Yeah, I that really want to. Uh, Absolutely. I could relearn we were that. Hanging out. Okay, listen. We were hanging out one evening in that little, in that room, playing the piano. And you remember my ex-girlfriend, Dina, was there. Tambi, my twin sister, was there as well. And, and, uh, past brother James was there and uh it's all captured uh on on tape so I I digitized that over 10 years ago and I still have it on my hard drives I have extensive archives and that shouldn't scare anybody at all but uh, yeah, well, well, yeah but yeah but no wow yes and it you bring want, it on I I'd it love that yeah. wow that would wow yeah, I, I, I recently uncovered like a big stack of the um, music that I wrote uh, for various instruments and piano, um, uh, like That's orchestrations um, for a lot of my songs, too. And I'm learning how to re-decipher them again. And, yeah, um, uh, yeah and my voice isn't like it used to be, like the meatloaf Bon Jovi mm-hmm. voice it used to be. Yeah. But I'm learning that I can, like, just, like, you know, just, I still have a voice. I'm trying to actually record things um, in my off time from Black Bedsheet. Every once in a while when I fool around with stuff, I got a microphone, new one. Uh, not the um, uh, Yeti that I think I told William about. Uh, I still have that yeah. one, but I got another one that I could just, like, uh, you know, record and just, like, do stuff in. One one thing well, that I want to I want to put on YouTube is um, um, it's a it's Trace Atkins that. song that I want to do and it has to do with my ex. Um, 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 I'm trying. It's called I'm trying, and I'm trying to put that up and arrange it so that you know. I mean, yeah. You got to come down to my days, All I'm gonna have to all I'm gonna be doing is just like publishing people's books. And my vocal cords are gonna probably like go out. No, I, I want to like preserve that kind of shit because I'm not. I, I like what I'm doing. I used to want to be a rock and roll star and travel, be on stage, be the like the in the limelight. But I like being the Professor X person with with books. The guy behind the scenes. Yeah, and then stepping out. If I had enough money. I would go to, like, the biggest convention that would be coming up in a chariot and and, and talk <laughs> books go. to people. You know, I, I would, like, do all that. Like, Grace Jones would, like, you know, something. <laughs> and I would. I swear to God I would if I had the money, if I could afford it. Because I, oh, I, I no, want to be like a, like a William Barnum um, of, 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 of bringing people's stuff to the masses a great like um great books i mean that's, that's, that's what i'm all about no i'm not a agent for actors i'm not a theatrical agent i'm not a director and i am it is me that takes people's books and presents them to the world and i want to be the william barnum of that if I can ever afford it, but that's been my life um, <laughs> recently. Anyway, I mean, I, I think I'm going off. 
but uh, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about it. I want to. Oh, I want. I, I used to say I want to rule the world with this, but um, but over a period of time, I would rather be behind it and have my authors rule the world, and then they would say, "Hey, thank you." Especially, like, come to my funeral and go, hey, he, you know, look what he did. Look what the guy did. You know, something like that. <laughs> you, want, you, 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 you want to have a legacy. Yes. Yeah, I want to have a legacy. And I want to make an impact uh, with other people's literature <laughs> and mine. And mine, wouldn't that be great well, if something I wrote was turned into a movie? But that's just like every author that I publish as well. So, you know, <laughs> if they can do it, uh, you know. Anyway. I wish, but, I, w- I wish that people understood what a great work that Nicholas Randers did with Prey, Serpents, Prey. Because for me, that book is still excellent that book is still very very good the the whole atmosphere of it it wasn't like your typical vampire novel it was more based in like traditions of the romanian people and and what vampires were and and also you know having a teenage kid not even know like his grandmother was the fucking vampire Dude, if if I wish pe- more people could read that book, you I know, gotta put it out again. That was the one that that um, I think so. That, that was uh, your first. actually uh, did everything for me before yeah, Halloween. I, That's I, the I, one that got me ho- the Halloween four gig. So yeah, yeah. Every time I look at it, I, I see it as really amateurish and it needs some help. Um, I, and you know, I don't think the publisher really one of your had a authors. What? Nick, here's what? something an author uh, said to you. I got it on. I I recorded it. You want to hear it? Yeah, hold on just if a second. I'm, I I got to say this. I'm glad that I'm not known as Nicholas Randers. I'm glad that I'm Grabowski. <laughs> even though when they did Halloween Four and put my name on it against my consent. Um, and it was a big surprise to me. I, I, that part worked out well, even though they never paid me or sent me a contract for it. That their their um, decision to do that, I'm glad that um, it's my name uh, I, instead of you know yeah. a pen name. I, I didn't you know. I, I want Prey Serpent's Prey was a Randers book, and so was the Ragman, uh, which nobody's ever the seen. Ragman, yeah. No. Yeah, here's I want Jeff Carroll. Jeff Carroll sent you Francie. a message, Nick. Okay. Oh, Jeff Carroll. All Hello, right. everybody. This is Jeff Carroll, the author of It Happened on Negro Mountain. Um, I'm calling to leave this message for Nick and let him know that I always appreciate him being the first publisher to give me a published book deal for my book, of course, it happened on Negro Mountain, and um, also let them know that, you know, I'm an optimistic person. I live down here in sunny uh, South Florida, where the sun shines pretty much all year long, 
and it fuels my optimism. Why am I optimistic? Because it's logical. It makes no sense to not enjoy this experience and live this experience that we have to the fullest. Um, I personally don't believe this is our only experience. I believe we have experiences before this life and we'll have experiences after this life. And I necessarily don't necessarily believe in death. I am an only child and my parents are both uh, made their transitions. My mother made hers about 16 years ago, uh, excuse me, 14 years ago, and uh, my father made his about 26 years ago. Um, and uh, I live my day with them. You know, I talk to them all the time. They are part of me, um, and I share their, their, my world and life with them. And um, it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I just wanted to share that with you. I know we go through times where we're suffering, where we have pain, we have aches. Um, sometimes the people around us have pains and aches, um, but we have to make the most of it. I am uh, daytime a school teacher, and this year, um, during the virtual year, I've been working with special needs children, and I started off working with them down here in South Florida, and it always reminds me of the things that we can take pleasure in, not the things to be valuable, you know, uh, thankful for you know people always say oh be thankful you have two legs you have you know you have full use of your brain capacity when you're working with special needs children but it's not that what I say because many of them are still thankful you know and they're finding that as they grow to adulthood and it's really just the ability to enjoy all of the things that you have in the world that we're in and um, and that's a beautiful thing to be accessing this this earth at this time and enjoy it you know um i don't know if that even sounds motivating i'm trying to sound truthful and honest to you um but it's a daily you know uh, uh not struggle it's a daily opportunity to find optimism and when you do find that in your day um whether you wake up with optimism or you search for it and find it is a beautiful thing to accomplish and that really is gives you a good time to go to sleep on, you know, and, and meditate about it. Was this day worth living? What did I do to enjoy this day? And I do that kind of every day, and, uh, and I make sure I appreciate it. Sometimes I put a things-to-do list out, um, but that doesn't always do it because sometimes I don't get to half of those things on the things-to-do list. So I'm still thankful, and I still made something happen. Um, as far as I'm going, my uh, it happened on Negro Mountain. It was supposed to be a movie that we were working on before the quarantine. We were really looking at it, and um, I've since learned how to shoot and and um, become a better cameraman and learned a little bit of editing. So the better a filmmaker I get, um, beyond just being a writer, the closer chances we get to to making um, it happen on Negro Mountain a cinematic reality so um again i will uh, continue to stay in touch with you keep posting on horror nation post those jokes because they are really funny and it gives me chances to, <laughs> to look for more jokes and and share them on the page and make everybody laugh about horror stuff so um thank you fancy uh for asking me to say something i'm sorry that i'm not on the phone with you guys live 
hopefully you can really um you can use this message and find something in it. Um I'm out here getting bit up by mosquitoes. So I'm gonna go inside now. Thank you and um I had two events today, so it was just a long day for me. Um so I don't think I'll be here to stay up till midnight to get you all on Pacific time. But anyway, enjoy the quarantine. You are not alone. The struggle is real, keeping our mental health in order. So you fight the good battle for us because you have to take care of you. And that's you, Nick. All right, Nicholas. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.
and spent hours on and hours in their piano rooms composing, playing. I can't really play hardly anything nowadays, but I've got piles of musical compositions. And back in the day, that day when I went to church, I would like bring it to the minister of music saying, is this, is, did I write this okay? And he said, oh, this is beautiful. Let me play it. Oh, and he would like um, teach me and circle things. And, and then eventually I would um, uh, end up uh, being a uh, guest uh, m- musical person. I ended up like playing piano all the time for churches and singing a lot of original songs and a lot of other songs. I would bring friends of mine from high school up to sing with me. They couldn't sing anything. And then at at one particular church, I went on a tour for 15 states as the um, uh, lead singer in a musical called The Witness, where there was like 30 other um, of us, and I was the one that had to memorize all the lines. And I was Peter, so I was like telling the story of Christ and singing throughout most of the songs, and I almost didn't graduate high school because of it. Uh, the only thing that got me graduated from high school was I had a D-plus going on an F in biology, and I had to dissect a fetal pig and recreate its skeleton with super glue in order to pass high school because I was so into – and nobody there, nobody else had lines at, at, at the, for the witness, like, production, but me. And uh, – uh, and that was like that took a long time. That's the only time I went on tour musically with anything. And we went to Evil Knievel's house. He wasn't there, but his family was there. And in Montana, Butte, Montana, or near there, <laughs> during that tour. And I was so like self righteous. I was like trying to save everybody back then. That uh, everybody listened to me. They like, like. There was like uh, in his house. There was like thirty people. I was going. Everybody just got to repent, and you've got to serve the Lord. And I would like uh, open up the Bible. Okay, open up the Bible to Matthew chapter three, and we will read. And and then I had like three or four people from Evil Knievel's house come up, and I would like put my hands on their heads, and they would like uh, repent, and I would say thank you. Thank you for receiving Jesus into your lives. Now you are saved. You're born again. And I used to do that all the time. And, it, it, and musically, my songs were like, um, uh, like a, oh, I remember a song I wrote called God's Tears. Uh, you remember, you, you go through the movies, the music, the, you go through the, huh, if I can remember, uh, um, Look at the things that you're doing these days, the movies, the magazines, and all this you crave. Why can't I, why can't you just believe in me and throw all these things away? And I sung that in church. And uh, I love you, I love you, why don't you love me? Um, You go to the world, but it's plain to see. And I would, like, be like, and that's the way that Keith Green was. He was, like, militant about being a Christian. And I've learned over the years, musically, ultimately fantastic, musically. But the message I've learned over the years is that you can't just, like, 
subscribe yourself to a religion and then judge other people for not believing the same thing that you do. We used to knock on people's doors, Campus Crusade for Christ, give out pamphlets like the Jehovah's Witnesses, and used to go to shopping malls. And I used to be militant like that back in the day, believe it or not. And, I, you know, somebody would tell me about, you know, Michael Myers Halloween 4. Yeah, that's satanic. <laughs> and I ended up writing Halloween 4 eventually after, you know. And, and so I learned a lot. So believe you me, anybody that's listening that subscribes to any religion, don't judge other people for not believing what you do. Learn from them. And if you truly believe what you believe, be an example, not an asshole. Uh, so, yeah, you know, and, I remember, uh, and with my publishing my, company, my I accept dog, anybody. And, you know, that I. It's like, what? I'm an infidel. And he. It was because I was on the Jerry Springer show, and I we had to explain to him what an infidel was. He goes, "No, that's not her. She cheated on her boyfriend with her fiance on the Jerry Springer show. What is that called? It's called an adulterer." He's like, "You infidel adulterer." Yeah, okay, but because the show is a bunch of hogwash, people experience that in their personal lives throughout the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, but that's another story. Anyway, I've learned right. a lot um, over my life. And um, I, uh, you know, I mean, geez, just don't judge other people. Just uh, as far as I'm concerned Never with, judge them. With, that, uh, with where I've decided to plot my course, which is not a televangelist, but rather a a horror publisher and writer. <laughs> and, you Would know, you um, also on a, on a side note, if you want to understand a little bit more of what I believe in, um, uh, a good comparison might be Alice Cooper, who's a born-again Christian and a Sunday school teacher, and he's Alice yep. Cooper, for Pete's sake. So, you know. Hey, William. Yeah. William. Yeah. Remember when Tom Sawyer and Sal Liz- Oh, by the way, did you see Sal Lizard's uh, post? I did, yeah. Yeah. But, but good, you were saying something about him. Right, you were saying something about you were starting to say something about him and Tom? Huh? Sal. No, you, you were starting to ask yeah, me something about Sal when, and Tom. Uh, yeah, I remember when Tom was talking to Sal Lizard about sword fighting? Yeah. Oh, I get where you're going. Yeah, check this well, out. Who's this guy, Tom, that had a wedding? I was listening about the wedding. Uh, who, where's Tom? Is Tom still listening? Yeah, he's there. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, what a yeah. wedding, man. What a wedding. Congratulations, man. I I think that's a beautiful thing to give your daughter away. I mean, not to give her Thank away, you. but you, you know what I'm saying. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, oh, what? Long clip. Long clip. 
that was Tom. So I, I was trying to play the Tom Sawyer. That was Tom Sawyer and Jim and I Burke. Yep. Um, hold on, Sal, because I kind of do want to do a little tribute to Sal Lizard today. Hey, Nick, are you there? Hi. Uh, yeah, I was Nick. just petting my friend Rocky Cat. Okay, I just, I, I wanted to throw a a word out there. Mr. A word? Is Mr. Nicholas Gabowski, you are a horror evangelist. Oh no! Oh, 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 you know you can't do that to me, Brad. Do you, you like just, it? Do you like brain. it? Do you like it? You like yeah, it? I, I do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I've right? never heard that term. I, dude, I want kind of credit unique. for it because I, I want credit for it because I came up with it just now while I was listening to you. You didn't know exactly what you were. I believe that you, sir, are a horror evangelist. Mm. Oh, Eugene is. Well, mm. well, let's see. The Scientologists follow. No, I, I am saying that in a good way. Have... Uh, no, you know, you're you're cracking my skull open. You know, I toyed. At, <laughs> well, it's just, you know, vanity is vanity, and you know what I do is just not. But um, I've come across a few people in my life that I admire that um, over the past 15 years, they've gone online and paid like $15 to make themselves an official reverend of something. And uh, I, I, uh, I thought, can do that, that actually sounds really cool, but um, that kind of eleva- elevates me to something I don't want to be. But at the at the same time, it, as as a presenter, and as a um, uh, as okay. a character kind of a persona of myself, um, promoting black bedsheet and that's, more, I, I've toyed around with the fact of actually, you know, spending fifteen dollars online, being called officially a reverend by some like well, a company, whatever, and He's reverend. Not- Right. Nicholas Grabowski is, you know, um, and right. uh, being, but that's a unique horror, horror evangelist. Horror, well, the I Butch would Patrick evangelize horror. Kind of hitting on me one time. Certainly not going to, like, shove ideology down show. people's throats. What happened? Butch Patrick was kind of hitting on me, and Nick kind of said, stay away from her. Oh well, I was you kidding. Want to hear but, it? Yeah, but that's an interesting like little uh, yeah. thing. Uh, uh, you're gonna uh, find chat. Well, you know that oh, yeah. because you already met That would kind of fall in line yeah. with yeah. the yeah. Harry. I also put it uh, on the spot, and I did the live convention. shows at the conventions. I was like, "Devil Lamb, you're live on the air." Mm-hmm. Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. She's, 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 so, she's just so lovely, Ron. If you would like to call in that night, uh, you know, say hi. I'm sure I might. I'm like going to go. Continue. I'm going to come right on over and cut her in half while you interview her. How's that? That would Even be better. awesome. <laughs> I'll be you around. Look good for you, you look good. I mean, you're you're still very handsome. Why? Well, thank you. you. Know. Remember, hey, yeah. you're married. 
Oh, no, I'm not no. married yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, like competition. Stay away from my woman, Butch. What a ring. What, a, <laughs> what I said. That yeah, American well, culture well, guy's the curse of Willis Ratchet. There yep. we go. Yeah. Do, do you, oh, do you yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah. And Nick, Nick said, stay away from my woman, Butch. Yeah, that's creepy. There it is right there. <laughs> I should have a T-shirt that says that. Stay away from my woman. And another T-shirt that says uh, uh, horror evangelist. You know what? First of all, Nick, we have to live on the air, and this is documented that my trademark is horror evangelist. Okay, so any... Proceeds, I get a percentage of as the originator of said trademark. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I would credit you, uh, but I can't go on making appearances live uh, with a microphone <laughs> saying, "Yes, I am a uh, horror evangelist," and uh, credit due to uh, Brett Cruzen. Every but time, you like it. You like hey. it. You've never heard it before. This is new. This is new stuff. This is new dope. Horror evangelist. Horror evangelist. Horror evangelist. evangelist. Horror, ho- just horror evangelist. <laughs> it doesn't exist I... online. Look it up. Google that shit. It doesn't exist. I just made that shit up. It's me. Me. But Nick's going to go with it. I know you. Am I? I know it's <laughs> well, <laughs> I think hey, I, I might I got, use that. I don't think I'm going to go as far as being a reverend. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, you, you but. Think, yeah. you know, or maybe okay. I will over time if it suits whatever it is I'm doing. Right. <laughs> Listen, Publicity-wise. Here, here, here's the thing, and this is the way that like, I look uh, at it. Here's, here's the way I look at it, right? You are a purveyor and a publisher of other horror authors' works, okay? So you are the guy at the top of the pyramid, the chain. You're the guy that that publishes this stuff. You are the horror evangelist. You bring the horror works of others to people. That's what you do. You are the horror evangelist. That's where I'm coming from. Do you know what I mean? And and spread the message. Spread that throughout the world, all over everybody. Spread it all over everybody's bread, man. Have me. Yeah, and I would be interviewed on CNN saying, "What exactly is your message?" And I would tell them, "Um, well, um, um, look at my authors, and they'll tell you uh, it's their message, not mine." Let them speak for themselves. I'm not responsible for the shit that I publish. I don't write it. Uh, it's all on them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say shit. <laughs> oh, uh, not on, not on, not on cable news. You wouldn't say shit. Oh, we don't have cable say, anymore. I would say stuff. No, we we got it. We got it. 
Oh, man. No, I get it. That's an interesting thing. Stuffing things. Stuffing things. One of my favorite phrases is uh, these days is stuffing things. When lack of description, just stuffing things. I like the Mm. stuffing things that you just said. Kind of just rolls off the tongue. Well, yeah. (laughs) Still, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing and whatever. (laughs) I think I'm just good with Nicholas Grabowski, but... You know, Nicholas Grabowski, writer, author, publisher, entrepreneur, and and horror evangelist. (laughs) You know, I I could actually put that on my website as, like, one of the things. And that sounds good enough. With with credit to Brett Cruz and a bald head radio. Oh, yeah. I would like the... We've talked about this before on Francie and Friends, but I, w- I would like, since we've been going down this vein of um, following the oar down through the cliff there, of Nick and how we got started, because I was there, and I want to talk about my personal experience with your birth, if you, if you would. My birth? Me. Meeting your birth as an author. Okay. Oh, okay. Meeting I thought you were talking about 1966 in uh, Norwalk <laughs> Hospital. Being the first kid born with a full head of hair and teeth and came out right and bit the doctor. No, you know how I came out with? I was born with a stiff, stiff upper <laughs> lip. You know, I love that ACDC song, Stiff Upper Lip. Yep. yep. I remember walking up to the house and you walking out with an armful of books. And they were Prey Serpent Spray under the moniker of Nicholas Randers at the time. I first met you at that moment. And I was like, fuck are you doing? And you said, oh, I'm bringing these out to different uh, bookstores. I'm going to ask them if I could put them up on their shelves. You were self-made from the beginning, from the beginning, because you couldn't find a publisher that would take you seriously. So you did it yourself. You were self-published from the very beginning. And well, I just no, no, no. From the very beginning, uh, uh, Prey Serpent Spray was Critics' Choice Paperbacks. And and uh, they they accepted me and and had some guy paint on redwood um, a, a six by oh, yeah. six uh, big do you still, slab do you still of what was the cover uh, that I've never been it? able to locate and and then because of that wow. they gave me the Halloween four thing and that was critics choice and then I became mm-hmm. Marcina Shane because they wanted. Romance novels. Oh yeah. And I got paid like five hundred dollars for each one of them, and then self-help books like Great Legs in Six Weeks, and things. And I had nothing, no knowledge of. You know, I just needed the money. I quit my security job, and I thought that I had it made because hey, I'm an author now. <laughs> and um, um, and they had <laughs> me jump through hoops. Uh, 
uh, I never got paid for Halloween 4 or Pray Serpents Pray, but I got paid $500 for Sweet Dreams Lady Moon under Marcina Payne, got paid like $100 for um, uh, stuff under Marcina Shane called, like, well, Great Legs in Six Weeks, for example. And then, you know, because we didn't know anything about fitness, the publisher would, like, um, send me uh, uh, manila envelopes of other people's books going, you do your research. Hey, I did a fancy Reagan biography. I got paid for that. Uh, I got paid $1,000 for a, a Nancy Reagan biography, and uh, I needed the money. I was not interested in politics or Nancy Reagan, but I needed the money. And, and um, uh, they sent me a bunch of stuff about Nancy Reagan that I had to sift through and figure out, okay, what am I, you know, it's like a grad student with a thesis and, you know, and, and ultimately they I, either it was or wasn't published. Like a lot of stuff I did for them, I don't know I, 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 if it came out or not. There's like IPNs, if you look at books in print, back in the day of the Ragman, for example, uh, with Nicholas Randers, and a lot of the Marcina Shane stuff, like June Park and things, if you look. I haven't, recently I look online under books in print and I can't find them anymore. But, I mean, you know, just lost work for hire type stuff. But tons of it. And back in those days I worked for, um, I, I got employed by a place called the Word Factory in Orange, California, where they hired me basically to do other people's um, graduate thesis for them. And uh, I, I did it and did it and got paid. And then, then I decided, you know, this is crap because they should be doing it themselves. These are doctors, doctor wannabes that are going through trying to graduate universities. And what am I doing? I'm just looking up stuff and just like um, um, making up things and, and plagiarizing, plagiarizing. And I quit. And uh, one lady that I was working on, her graduate thesis for her, for medical school, um, uh, when I quit, she, like, threw a big tantrum saying, you ruined my life. Uh, You're not going to do this for me. I paid you, and I gave them back the money. And I just decided it's just not worth anything. What What am I doing doing this? So anyway, that's, but but that was back in the day, and, and then I, I started writing screenplays like Shocker Two, and uh, trying to because of the Halloween Four thing, I was trying to get back into, you know, maybe doing other novelizations, or doing scripts, and I was really like busting my ass back in the day before there wasn't any internet, just CompuServe. And, uh, you know, and just me in my little apartment with my typewriter, my word processor, uh, I can go on and on. Okay, but, okay Nick, Francie. Can you what? hear me? Yes. Okay. 